Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. The guest today is someone many of you may have met if you've been hashing since the 90s at World Inner Hashes or around the world, Europe, anywhere in North America. She was uh, at least co-GM of an America's Inner Hash. And our guest today is Rosé from Toronto, <laughs> Canada. Hi, Rosé. Hello, we've, we've actually haired together at an inner hash, haired together at other hashes, yep. at inner yep. Americas, and we've known each other since at least 1996 at yeah, Cypress Inner Hash. We definitely yeah. we were hanging out with the dirt rotors. And oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was fun. Thing at Inner Hash headquarters. All that right, was... let's talk about you. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when and where did you start hashing? Oh, God. I can't... Well, Toronto, and I'm thinking it's 1989 or 1990. Um, Ashley Sextoy would know better than me because I started a year before her, I'm pretty sure. And she, I think she remembers what year she started, but it was, it was somewhere in there. So yeah, I started, started in Toronto. I, I was um, heavily involved in rugby, um, helping promote the sport, do, um, do stuff with rugby. I didn't play, but I was um, helping with that. And I was dating a guy who was also a hasher and he said, Oh, come and do this. And I was like, Oh, okay. And realized that I'm in, was incredibly out of shape. And, um, you know, I wouldn't have said I would have, took to it right away um but it took a few months going back a number of times and then oh I know it was the first road trip and once I did a road trip I was like oh my god this is the best thing ever look at all these people I can meet and all these places I can go and so yeah it was a road trip that that uh, that solidified it and funny and Detroit as that's where we went to if I remember, if I also, if I remember correctly, Ann Arbor, Detroit, we went on a road trip and then I went to Pittsburgh's weekend and, um, that was even, that was even better. Cause that was, that is one of, that was at the time, um, one of the best to go to so much cool. fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, do you want to tell us who this mystery man was who you were dating? Who pulled you oh, in? his, his name was Mick Boot. He was just, um, I think he only did a couple road trips. He didn't stay in the hash. Uh, after we broke up, he, he, and it's not like he abandoned the hash. I think he might've moved. Anyway, I didn't, I didn't see him after we broke up. So that was, that was about it. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll check America's most wanted or Canada's most wanted. <laughs> Probably in, in the not a bad idea. I don't know. Don't know. It didn't. It didn't last, and I kept hashing, and he didn't. Yeah, so, that all worked. We win. Yes. Yeah, the hash one. There we go. All right. Uh, what, what's your hash name? I think you can oh. explain that pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I at the time liked to drink red wine, and I was in California, and someone said, "Oh." You like to drink red wine, and you're from Canada, eh? So you should be rosé or chardonnay. No, sorry, start out chardonnay. Then I think it got morphed into rosé, and then actually Calgary added wine because I think I was whining at some event. Um, but it stuck as rosé as opposed to anything. So, And I turn ultra red when I run, just red, wow. red. Wow. So you were almost chardonnay. I didn't know um, that. Yeah, almost one. chardonnay. And then it got moved to rosé because of the color that I turned 
when I ran. I would, I have times when I get very, very red when I run. So that was it. And I like that red happened. wine. I know you, and I, I think you still like red wine. Oh yeah. Still like red wine. Yeah. Yeah. Though I, <laughs> and, don't drink, uh, though I don't drink much anymore. Let's be honest here. I really don't. Yeah. It's happened to a lot of people apart from the road trips locking you in and showing you this was this was going to be part of your life did you have any hashing mentors oh well i was lucky enough that um i think one of the first big weekends we had here ian cummings came i and and the reason he came here was because his sister lived here and i mean he was just one of the longest running members of the hash house harriers he knew the songs um and he was great in that I mean, the hash changed over a number of years. Some people have problems going from one hash to another and they hate the fact that there's a different, you know, tradition or that somebody does something different. He accepted whatever. He would show up an event no matter how it was run, no matter what it looked like. And if anybody had the right to complain, it should have been him. I mean, he's been at it longest. He should know how it, you know, quote unquote, should be done. Nope, he just accepted and enjoy himself no matter what was one of his best, best qualities was he just, he enjoyed himself. He enjoyed what he was doing. He enjoyed the people all the time. And I honestly, I should spend some time thinking about that so that, uh, you know, he, he really did. He enjoyed everything and, uh, and his singing and his, just his overall, just a great person. His car broke down too many times when I was in it, but other than that, <laughs> and those are, those are two longest stories probably for this, but oh yeah, ended up in the South Bronx in New York at one point. The guy that was running the garage had two pit bulls and oh my God, anyway, but yeah, no, just a fantastic, you know, fantastic person. I, I would actually put drain oil in there too. I think he just mm -hmm. enjoys it. No matter what, no matter what the circumstances, no matter how one hash may be different than another, I think he just enjoys it. The old timers seem to have a lot more. Um, just you know, let's let's have fun, you know. Tolerance, yeah, and yeah, Ian. I have a feeling that story might be one that Ian told if he was around to tell the many stories he did. And he used to visit the Hogtown anniversary weekend. Because oh yeah, all, yeah all the time because his sister was here so he'd use it as a you know quasi excuse to get out of new york and he'd drive a few people up here because they'd drive up and he'd visit his sister in one of the afternoons or one of the point when there was maybe a bit of a, a lull in the uh what well, on the goings on and then he'd come back and participate again see he was here a lot yeah, yeah. yeah he was a he was a legend and he was always great to be around Oh, yeah, always. You mentioned the Pittsburgh and a couple of the mm -hmm. other events that are just world-class events. Yeah. And they vary in size. Some are campgrounds, some are on yep. a bus, some are uh, <laughs> hotel-based. For you, if you had to pick right now and you said, I want to go to a big hash event, how many people? What's the right, what's the magic number for people at a big hash event? Well, if you're talking just a straight... You know, if you're talking, I guess it all depends on regional events versus world. I mean, I like 200, 250 for a camp out hotel kind of weekend. Um, America's Inner Hash, I think if you go over eight, and you know, the, the North American one, you start to go over eight, 800. It's, 
I don't know, that, that's starting to get too many. And Worlds, when it was Chiang Mai or, and was it Malaysia? Yeah, Kuala Lumpur. Mm-hmm. They got into the 6,000s. You couldn't find anybody. There was people there you knew were there. You wanted to visit. You couldn't find them. And sometimes as, um, the last best one I was at was Panama. And that had less to do with size and more to do with, oh, my God, there were no whiners. Nobody was there complaining. If they said, jump on the bus, everybody jumped on the bus. If everybody was in the swimming pool, the run starts now. Everybody got out of the swimming pool, did the run, jumped back in the swimming pool. I mean, they just, they just did what, you know, what the organizers said. The organizers said, do this, go do this. Not somebody saying, oh, no, I'm just going to stay at the pool and hang out. Well, where's the beer? Or where's the... No, everybody just, just enjoyed the event for what it was. Honestly, it was probably one of the most, that was one of the more fun events that I've ever been at. And it was, you know, it was also the idea that no, just everyone enjoyed the event for what it was and didn't say, well, this should have been better and that should have been better and that should have been this and this should have been that. It just, it, everybody just enjoyed it for what it was. Um, And that was, that was why that worked. That was about 400. And again, really enjoyable. Oh, and they made the effort. So this is the other thing. Pittsburgh made the effort. Um, that event, Panama made the effort. Um, quite a few clubs learned to make the effort to keep us away from the general public. We're not, I don't believe we're here to sing really bad songs in front of children, not be naked in front of children. If, and if the parents say, oh, well, that was okay, that's still not the point. The point is, is that the best way for us to enjoy each other's company and without someone complaining. Um, so I tend to be someone that says, you know, let's put us in our own hotel. Let's put us at a campground. Let's keep us away from, you know, people and, you know, enjoy it. Mind you, if you go to Daytona bike week, you know, <laughs> yeah. itself. Now that was fun. Oh my God. Yeah. I think, you know, actually you, you've got, You've got, you remind me to use, to, to remind me about the story in Daytona. Anyway, so yeah, that, my, those are, those, like some of the events where you just plunked yourself down and you just enjoyed it no matter what. And uh, just keep mm-hmm. me away from civilians and I'm happy as I'll, I'll get out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. I was going to ask you about things you love and even mm-hmm. if you use the word hate about ha- the way hashers behave and i think we've yeah. covered that what you love about the events and what you, uh, that's a very good answer and i think for me for panama it was small and the yeah. people that made it i mean panama on paper scared some people so it's oh yeah away people aren't just going to show up at a bar a bar hash they yeah. had to put some effort in to go to a country that was maybe on paper a little dodgy to them yeah yeah. So uh, uh, that attitude you have about us being away is—is is that a change in you or change in the hash? What what's changed over the years, either in the hash or your your attitude? Well, I think inevitably, whenever a younger set of people come in, and I mean, I think we stayed at the sort of this one group for five or maybe 10 years. And then a new flux of people came in and they hear all these stories and then they want to outdo them. And there is no way, just, just make your own fun, but make your own fun without, um, you know, 
impeding on other people and sometimes even hashers. I, I still believe that if you go to Asia, Asia's going to sing one song. Shut the heck up. You're in the circle. Let them sing their one song. If you go to some areas of, of Europe, you're going to be in a family hash. Take that into consideration. If you're going to go to a country that uh, doesn't, you know, just is really against nudity, live with that. Enjoy it for what it is. Just because you think you have to, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. um, I'm just no. not a, I'm not a, but I think I've seen that um, expand more over time. This idea that we've, I've got to be bigger. I've got to do better. I've got to be more out there than everybody else. And, you know, you, you're, you can have fun without doing that. That's, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're, Sounds like you're channeling Ian Fleming and Brain Oil. <laughs> right through your own words. Yeah, I don't know about that, but yeah, it is. Yeah. Any other story you want to tell just to get it on the podcast? Oh, well, I was. you were asking me about an, a wild or hardly believable, memorable. Oh, my God. We were in Daytona, and there was it was a Sunday run. Before there was this walk thing, we actually ran on Sundays, which... I still believe that hashing is a running sport. It should be running. But anyway, we're running around Daytona and we land in this bar. And I guess we were having a lot of fun. So the hash wasn't leaving to go to somewhere else, which is kind of typical Daytona. And mm -hmm. they ran out of beer. The bar, the bar could see that they were running out of beer. And they had all of five bikers and probably 80 hashers. And somebody must have known someone on a Sunday that could talk talk to well the breweries were open i guess because it was bike week and not one but two semi-trailer like full semi-trailer trucks rolled up in front of this bar and started to unload beer and these guys are put were on a, a dollies bringing in kegs well you can imagine the hashers just go ballistic it was like they were being <laughs> bowed to the whistles were going the hooting was going on it was but it was like you know, it's also that, oh my, oh my God, we've got beer again. Yay. Like it was, oh, so it was such a, it was, it was so funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> All of the hashers, just these two guys that were delivering the beer didn't know what to do with us or what to think of us because we apparently were like, it was like a million dollars was being walked through the door. All it was, was a few kegs. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. that was pretty funny. Well, yeah. yeah one, one, one last thing I want to just mention is one thing that maybe it was a hash tradition in terms of inter-Americas and something that we were involved in sort of starting was that Monday night after party yeah. using the funds that we did in Puerto Vallarta. Yes. And it was, uh, do you want to just talk about that for a minute? Well, yeah, so Toronto had leftover money and there was no way we could get it to cross the border to um, Mexico. So we decided to put on a party and Mexico, yeah, it is kind of a funny story. Mexico being Mexico, um, we were trying to find a bar that would hold enough people. And, the, and eventually we got a, a bar to agree to do this. So I went down on the on early on Wednesday and, and met with the owners and I told them I thought we were going to have 500-ish people. And I could see by these guys' looks on their faces, the owners of the bar, restaurant, 
that he didn't believe me because I'm a woman. That was my opinion that I, he didn't believe me and that he was just going to agree to whatever I said because he was going to make some money. And I'm like, okay, so as long as you agree to that, I can bring as many people as I want. No problem. And he says, well, do you want beer? Yes. Do you want wine? Sure. Why not? I think I got enough for that food. No, they're on their own. Um, I said, but you know, cold beer, however you want to do it. And, uh, so we show, I show up early on Monday and they're great. Actually, they've had these huge troughs full of ice and beer. Um, they had the wine out. They had a guy with a little counter that was counting how many people they told me that they had the front area, um, from the city was leveled off so that we could have, actually have this overflow, which at the end I think was an old lie. I don't think that was the truth either. Um, anyway, so, and I had told him that I had $5,000 to spend and that he could spend a 5,000, but just let me know as I get closer to the, to the 5,000, cause I might be able to come up with another thousand knowing that they would spend everything I had within the first hour if I didn't lie to them. So right. sure enough, we go on for about two, two hours. They're, everybody's drinking beer, ordering food. Everything's going great. He comes up to me, goes, we're really near the 5,000. I said, you know what? I found another thousand. So can you let me know when you get to the next thousand? So the party's going on and hashers are ordering. I, I'm sorry. And then this, the, one of the waiters is running up and down the stairs delivering beer. And I see that the hashers are paying this guy a dollar every time he brings up a bunch of beer. So I said to the owner, I go, hey, your guy's making money there by delivering beer. He gets a tip every time. Oh, that's why he's working so hard. I had no idea. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Anyway, he gets to 6,000. I tell him when I have another 1,000, get, he gets to seven. I, this goes on. And finally, when he hits when he hit 10,000, he finally clued in. I had a lot more money than what I said. So the next time he talks to me, he tells me he's at $12,000. And I went, fine, shut it off. We're done. And I actually had 13. So... Wow. <laughs> so at the end of it, I taught, we end up paying our bill and everything. And I said to him at the end of it, I said, so this went pretty well. What did your counter said? 525. I went, ah, that's pretty good. He goes, you know, I didn't believe you. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that was a great party. That was, that a, was great a great party. party. It was and, really and good. People, at least for the next few interhashes, it was, it had become a tradition. Maybe things will normalize out. Yeah, it was only because, and people then afterwards said that they expected the, that the hash at that time would save enough for the net. That just, that's just too much. That's too onerous on the, on the hash that's putting it on to say, oh, you've got to have a lot of money for Monday every single time. That's, that's, that's not really fair. So yeah, it was just, you know, there's been a few things over the years where America's inner hash has been morphing into worlds, which I don't think... I think you should keep your hash the way your hash is, unless it's, if there's something wildly better. But Worlds is not wildly better than North America. Certainly, in my opinion, it wasn't. I don't think it was, I don't think the schedule needed to change, which it did. Um, a lot of things changed in, from North America versus World. Like, they, they got closer and to be similar. And I like the original north america's but again that's you know what it's not it's like anything else you know what you have to kind of say this is the way things go and you either go or you don't go you know i didn't go on the boat trip just 
not wasn't my thing. I didn't feel like I wanted to go on that, so I didn't. But I'm not going to say, oh, my God, and get up into arms and how terrible it is. It's just not, you know, not what I'm going to do. Um, yeah. I did the plane flight that went down to um, Costa Rica that um, Patchwork Quilt put on. Awesome time. Awesome. The plane flight was, was, uh, was a ton of fun. Some of these things that just came out of the blue or that were organized that were organized in, and maybe someone thought it like out a lot ahead, like the plane or the time we were going from Singapore to Kuala Lumpur and there was enough of us for two buses. Oh my God, that was fun. So much fun. So much fun. Um, but it was, yeah, it was some, random. Someone like, went down and said, Hey, we've got this many people and we need two buses. And, you know, and there, Asia had enough, um, and buses in Asia have enough luggage room for about three suitcases. So the suitcases were all along the aisles. <laughs> you know, I mean, if we'd ever been in a bus crash, we were all going to be dead. <laughs> the only way you got out of the bus was climbing over the seats. You know, thank God we're all in good shape. Anyway, too, too fun. Yeah. Yeah, the, the drain oil was on that yeah. one. That was fun. Oh, God. Anyway, awesome. and then someone had a mic at the front of the bus, so you had to climb over all the suitcases to get at the front to sing a song. And people brought food and beer and, uh, you know, and everyone shares, right? That's the idea. You get on the bus, everybody brings <laughs> beers and food and you just share, right? You're just, in, you're just there having fun, enjoying each other's company. And, and then it's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some, sometimes I think that the term family is overused but certainly the hash has a lot of the good aspects of family yeah and some of the, the not so oh good. yeah, yeah. Some, some of the not but you know i was gonna say it sounds like you know your position and stuff you've said already is there's a big value and a big uh, appreciation for tradition but an yeah. acceptance of change yeah any yeah. sentence that gets started with, oh, but in my hash, we do it this way. And I think, it, okay, then you're, you're at that moment, you just, you lose me. Because it's, it's, nobody comes into someone else's family and starts telling them how to do stuff when what they're doing isn't that really, there isn't anything wrong with it. If, if, and everybody, you know what? And as much as some people jump up and down and made it, make adjustments, I have set a Rumson trail. I have set a DC men's trail. Not any reason for DC men other than the hare hurt his ankle. He couldn't, and he needed a co-hare. He didn't have one. He said, I can't do it without you. I, I happened to be staying at his place. I was going to run the trail because I could, but it's not because I'm running around trying to say, oh my God, you, you know, you're a men's hash and you need women and blah, 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 blah. I just happened to be in the place at some time where, yeah, now I can say I said a DC men's kind of unheard of, but yeah. you know, on Rumson did invite sex toy and I to, um, to set trail for them. And there was a few of the members that were a little, uh, miffed, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's, again, yeah, yeah, it wasn't me saying you've got to change. It was them actually saying, Hey, why don't we try this and see what happens with it? And everybody got boob socks. What's, what's not to love? Everyone got boob socks. Yeah. <laughs> the happy ending. Yes. The happy ending. Yeah, you, you invite it, some women and you invite some women and you get boob socks. What's not like to love? Yeah. Oh dear. I, I, I think about that line that you said, and I, 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 I got to confess, I think I've done this. If I ever want to get out of a conversation with someone, 
the way to get out of it often is to say, let me tell you how they do things on my hash. That turns just about everybody off and they'll walk away pretty earlier than they would have. It's a, it's a way to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as Heden. Heden's, Heden was one of the best. It, they did everything they could to block us away from other people and keep us in our, mm-hmm. keep them in the area. And the, Heden was where I learned rule 13. Yes, the beer truck was all of 50 yards away. But if I didn't have beer in my mug and someone did, I went rule 13. They poured beer in my mug and I didn't have to walk over there. What's, you know, it's just a, it's just a great I don't know. It's just a, like I said, it was just, just take things as, as for, take things for what they are or enjoy them for what they are. And I don't expect Pittsburgh to become like Heaton. I don't expect, you know, a, um, an event over in Europe to be like either Pittsburgh or Heaton. I don't expect Hogtown mm-hmm. to run an event like those because I think that's what's fun is going to another place and figuring out how they do it. Um, yeah. Oh, you were asked. You were going to ask one thing. One of the things I think we were going to talk about is um, memorable hashing stories. It's not so much memorable; it's the insane stupidity of me, especially. I'm running Chicago. I can't see anybody. I don't know where my car is. I don't know where I'm staying. I don't have a phone number to say where I'm going. I cannot find anybody, and I'm in the middle of Chicago. Bangkok, I'm running. I've all of a sudden, I'm off trail. At least I know where I'm staying this time, but I had no idea how I was going to find anybody. And I went, finally turned around. I found trail. I kept running. And all these Thai people who knew what kind of what we were doing are like pointing me, going la, which means love. That way, like la, 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 then pointing me in the direction of the runners. Um, where else did I almost get lost? Oh, in the middle of Thailand in the, in the jungle. But that, and I had no idea where the end was. None. Then she found trail, but never. I mean, that's the stupidity of the amount of times you go out for a run and you don't, you don't know where you're ending up. And oh, shit, I don't know where the hotel is either. Oh, Lord. How, yeah, and all, think- all, this before we, all this is before we had any technology possibly yes. to take with. Yes. So that it was... Good favor or good fortune to make it to the end, yeah. I don't know. God takes care of hashers sometimes. Oh, my Lord. I Like, yeah, you ask, it's like an unbelievable hashing story. The amount of times that I went out for a run in somewhere where I did not know where I was ending up and did not know how I was going to get back to the hotel if I could not find anybody. Like, seriously, how was I going to do that? Yeah, well, you wouldn't be here to be on the podcast <laughs> today if it was 99 times hadn't all worked out the right way. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Lord. Well, it's been great to talk to you. I think I would like to have you back with at least Sex Toy together and maybe a couple others to talk specifically about the Toronto Inter America Cash for one of the history podcasts that we do later. Oh, okay, sure. We'll do that. Sure, okay, sure. last question. Yes. Last question. Is the RA always right? <laughs> Uh, sure. Why not? (laughs) And that's a wrap. That was season one, episode one with Rosé. Till next time, on on. To close the circle, here's the Hash Anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low.
Coming for to carry me.